Welcome to another edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. This is one I'm looking forward to. Uh, a couple of months ago, Brandon Tierney of the CBS Sports Network was kind enough to join me. We previewed the Nick offseason. He expressed his confidence that certain things were going to happen that didn't happen. And now he's back to discuss everything that went down. I appreciate you coming back. And I got to start off with this. Mm-hmm. What happened? Durant got hurt. Simple as that. So you think, this is where I want to go here. Yeah. If Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt, does not rupture his Achilles, mm-hmm. your plan that you were very confident about would have Supremely happened. confident. Durant's you, 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 don't, you don't have to, you know, downplay it. Supremely confident. Kyrie, Border, too. Bordering on arrogance. Oh, and I got hit with, <laughs> uh, and I got hit with the tweets. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I got hit with the tweets. So we, so you better believe I was going to accept the invite to come and mess around on the podcast. Yeah. I, but listen, I, I think what's happened, what happened, the entire dynamic change, what he got hurt, number one, the great familiarity with the medical staff, and I heard you talking to Sean Marks about that. I think that was part of it. I think it helped. No doubt. I'm not even disagreeing necessarily helped. with you. Yeah, I think, it, I think it definitely helped. I think that's common sense. I mean, that's a very invasive procedure with an incredibly lengthy and unpredictable rehab period. You may as well go with somebody that knows your your legs and has your medical chart, so to speak, right? So that's number one. Number two, and I firmly – I can't prove this. I mean, I may as well say this off the bat. I can't prove this. Sure. But I truly believe that once Durant got hurt, he had to acquiesce to Kyrie. Whereas if Kevin Durant's healthy, I believe Kyrie's acquiescing to Kevin Durant. See, that's the caveat that's very interesting. If I had to guess, and again, I can't prove it, I think something happened where Kyrie bought into Brooklyn. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's necessarily that he was a Jason Kidd fan as a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I buy that. But something happened where Kyrie Irving wanted to come to the Nets. Oh, I agree with that. Now, the question I have is I don't think Kyrie would have acquiesced to Kevin Durant. That's where I'll disagree with you. They were not going to play in the same city. On two different then teams. Then Durant was going to come to Brooklyn. I don't think so. We'll so never you, know. Well, we'll never know, but I didn't see any sign from Kyrie that he wanted to go there. While with Kevin, you may be right mm-hmm. that Durant probably, maybe because of Rich Kleiman, looked at the Knicks. They are the bigger thing. I get that. I'll be the first to admit it as a Net fan. Mm-hmm. They're the Knicks. But I think the injury may have said to him, okay, I'm going to go with Kyrie. I just don't think the other way would have happened. I think Kyrie, for whatever reason, was bought, sold, and delivered on going to Brooklyn. So Durant may have gone to the Knicks if healthy. I don't think the supreme plan you had was ever going to happen. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Kyrie Irving, going back to our original conversation on the first podcast a month or so ago, right? Right. It was actually, I believe it was the day of the morning of the draft. Of the uh, the draft lottery. lottery, We didn't know know. where they were picking. And you asked me, you know, you said, what are your expectations? And I said, I don't know. Right. You know, that you can't control that. That's not about acumen. That's not about being, you know, aware or having great foresight. You get lucky. Or you, or you don't. So right. whatever. And I'm happy with three. And even though Barrett didn't shoot well, Barrett's going to be fine. He did a lot of other things in, in Las Vegas. And I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. But I, I've looked at the the whole net situation. And while that probably didn't come across in the podcast, to be fair, because I was absolutely unflinchingly confident that Durant was coming here pre-injury. Um, and I was willing to accept Kyrie because that would net sure, Durant. I'm course. not a huge Kyrie fan, and you might see that. Without Durant this year, you might have some Me issues. Me neither. He's a, I, he's a culture I was, killer. I was the same way where the appeal of Kyrie Irving is, well, I'm getting Kevin Durant. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to just get Kyrie Irving. No, so I'm I with mean, you on that. And, and here's the other thing, too. But And I didn't really – I don't think I communicated this during the podcast. Here's what I wanted to say. The Nets culture is tremendous. Maybe I did. I'm not even sure. I know I, I communicated that on Twitter, but 
you know, for Kyrie Irving, whether or not it was the allure of going to play for a team he grew up rooting for, maybe that's partially it. A little sentimentality. You know, that plays stronger for certain people, more so than others. I mean, I'm a sentimental person, so I can see why that would actually tug at his heartstrings if it did. Uh, but it's not like you had to really convince him. It wasn't an arduous sell. The Nets are incredibly well run. Sean Marks is brilliant. He's aggressive when he needs to be. He's perceptive. Kenny Atkinson is is a whipcracker, for lack of a better description, in a league where you don't really get to do that anymore because the players run the show. Now, he'll have to adjust a bit. You're not going to really crack it on Durant and Kyrie like you did on Russell and some of the other kids. But the Nets culture was an easy sell. Right. So from that point of view, I'm not surprised that Kyrie viewed the Nets as an appealing destination. The Nets are very well run. They are. I Were mean, you surprised then about Durant going along with him, or did the injury change so much of it that that part – like, if he wasn't hurt, you would have been surprised Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn. It, well, I should say this right out of the shoot. If Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn and Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant doesn't rupture his Achilles and he goes there full throttle coming off another championship, which we all know they would have won right. if I he doesn't go down. Of course. Uh, I would have been – I would have been beyond uh, – Beyond, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Kick in um, the nuts? No, well, no. yeah, that would have felt like a big kick in the nuts for sure. Kick in the nuts, a kick in the throat. I would have been very disenchanted with the direction of the Knicks because now it's now there's no excuses. Now there's nothing layered. There's no nuance. Now just straight up, Kevin Durant, the best player in the world, went healthy before he went down, decided to choose the franchise that is eight or nine miles away. And any Nick fan willingly, like, no, like, well, because or maybe or circumstantially. No, no, no. I'm going to play for the Nets because I don't want to play for the Knicks. Right. And at that point, that would have been tough to swallow. So in a weird way, the injury made it easier to deal with. In a weird way. Yeah, totally. And because... by the way, you could go back and check my timeline. When, for, independent of our conversation. Right. Tech, just, just scroll my timeline on Twitter. When he went down, I communicated immediately on social media. Hey, Knicks, you got to rethink this. You okay. rethink this. I want to go there because you have to rethink this. And I said this to Sean Marks when we had him on, and it happened on the radio for over the course of three good weeks. Good interview with Sean, by the way. I appreciate Very that. Very good interview. When he first went down as a net fan, I said, Although, by I'm the way, out. it's bullshit that he found out on Instagram. <laughs> I know I know that he said that again. Well, you Sean, know what stop. That, you, know what that's a, you know what that's about? I mean, I asked him about storming into the referee's locker room, and his first comment is, I don't want to get fined again. Uh-huh. There's a moratorium. Yeah. So how could he say without getting fined? Yes, I spoke to Kevin Durant and they told me he was coming before he was technically allowed to. Don't get That's it. why I kept bringing up to him, did someone else speak to someone else who sent you the message? So then yeah. technically you can't get fined. Uh-huh. But that's really what that's about. And that's by about the way, being fine. I wouldn't give a shit if you find me. I still got Kevin Durant. Yeah. Who yeah. cares what you do? Just like I don't I got he, my target. Just like I don't think he really was that upset that he was fined for storming into the referee's locker room. Yeah, no, I hear you. Message was sent. I agree. I agree. When Kevin first got hurt, mm-hmm. my initial reaction is, I'm out. I don't want to deal with it. And every day that went by, I don't know if it was me talking myself into it because I never thought it was going to happen. Yep. But I started to think it's worth it. It's worth the gamble. And I think the Nets are in a different situation than the Knicks. So by the time Saturday came around the day before, I was all in. I still want it. I get the risks. I understand the risks. Sure. Let's go. Where were you? He first gets hurt. Mm-hmm. You say on Twitter, got to rethink it. As the weeks went by. hmm did you start to move towards bring him in anyway? Where were you before you I was made very decision? conflicted because I was wrestling with in my mind. And again, I ruptured my Achilles. And by no means am I sitting here we saying talked I'm about Kevin Durant. That. I know. Which is funny uh, because isn't that crazy? Because it wasn't that injury when he first got hurt. I know. Crazy. And that is it is crazy. 
and it's an incredibly arduous rehab. Now, I, like I said, when I when I when this came up with you and I, I was merely trying to get back and be able to get back on the golf course and mess around and shoot a ninety-seven and shoot hoops and just be right. you know a weekend warrior. This guy's coming back with the intention to drop thirty-five on people and win a championship and be the best scorer that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that's what he is. He's sure. the most unique scorer. Um, you know, I really I thought Dirk Nowitzki had that tag for a long time, the most unique scorer in the history of the NBA. And Kevin Durant, you know, a couple of years ago, snatched that from Dirk. And sure. Dirk's one of the all-time greats. So what I was conflicted with, I, I know what it entails for the Achilles. Uh, and it's it's brutal. And there's no guarantees. It's not the knee. It's not a struggle. Even though the shoulder is actually very different and very unpredictable. You know, certain things are medically very predictable. But when you take, not the longest, it's the thickest tendon in the body. And it rolls up like a lampshade. And then you pull that down like a lampshade and stitch that back to the back of your heel. You don't know what the hell's happening. Having said that, the reason why I was conflicted is because I still thought it represented a win for the Knicks. Because at some point, somebody of significance has to take Dolan's money. Right Now, I know, whatever, Knicks made some decent signings. I, I'm okay with that. Didn't give the future away. And again, I'm sure we'll get to it. But at least if Durant would have come here hurt, injured, and not play a second in year one, I would still say to myself, I can reconcile, okay, that's a signal to the other stars. Here's the Pied Piper. Let's roll. And now you have a culture with, with, with obviously, with Barrett and with all the young Kevin Knox and Neil Akita is going to be gone. But the other kids that are going to be here for a while, Mitchell Robinson, they can day to day, even though Kevin Durant's not gassing them up on the practice court, they get to see what an all-time great does, how he comports himself. And there's great value to that, which you can't quantify. So I was very receptive on that end, but also very fearful. There is no guarantee that this guy comes back. Well, I mean, comes back as Kevin As the Durant. same guy. And and I wondered from a Nick perspective, okay, what's the end game? He comes back, he's 32. Let's say he's 80% of what he was, which is still really, really good. Mm -hmm. Are the Knicks winning a championship? Unless they add another player or unless R.J. Barrett becomes overnight a top 10, top 15 player, yep. it's not happening. And that was the part of me that thought it was wise for the Knicks to not. Joe didn't want him. I know. And I understood I know. where he was coming from because – well, what's the end game? Like, the end game with the Nets in a perfect world is they win an NBA title. He's 80% of what he is. Kyrie's got his head on straight. Levert's an all-star. They can win a title. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it with the Knicks unless they were adding somebody else. So your point of, hey, bringing him in helps down the road bringing other guys in. Yep. I, other than that, I didn't see where. But also culturally. It would have changed um, immediately, things culturally. You're immediately. Right the that. perception. Right. You know, and you can't quantify perception, but we know that the perception around the league is that the Knicks are a place that nobody wants to go. Do you think it was a mistake, though, whether true or not, that minutes, basically minutes after Kevin Durant leaks out he's going to Brooklyn, that the Knicks are saying, oh, yeah, we, we may not have offered him a max deal? I thought that came across badly. It did, but I'm not surprised. And quite frankly, at the end of the day, Evan, it means nothing. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I hear you. I mean, can we nitpick? And I'm sure if I was doing a local show that day, I would have destroyed the Knicks for putting that out. I hear you. It's petty. It's petulant, which is all the, you know, many characteristics of Dolan. I mean, it shouldn't. we shouldn't be surprised by this. It's what he flashes for the last 20 years. Hops on a radio station, makes a bold proclamation. Then he hides for three months, and then he fires somebody. Then he, right. we, we know his, his style. Um, but... But I, I I don't get too wrapped up in that stuff anymore unless I view it as incredibly, truly detrimental to the direction of the Do team. You know why it's it a could stupid be... press release. Who gives a shit? You know why? Really, who cares? I'll you're mostly right. Here's the part of me that says it matters. Go ahead. What do you think Kevin Durant thought of it? 
Um, let me ask you. He could have been annoyed, right? But, uh, but let me ask you this. Yeah. What does it matter? Who Here's, cares? He's I'll with the you, Mets. I'll tell you exactly what, when why. he opts out yes. after three years. Yeah, you think I'm <laughs> screwing around, but Kevin Durant. Uh, don't opt, put me back on this carousel, I'm going to do it, though. Here we go. He opts out after three years. It doesn't win the Nets a title, but they're very good. He's on a top level. Yep. He's 34 now. And he says, all right, now I get to go to the big leagues. Uh-huh. And he says, F them. I'm yeah. not going there. I guess. I, I you know, listen. spitting in the air is never smart. You know this. It's yeah. not smart in this business either. Like, what what good do you get out of it? Your point of it doesn't matter may ultimately be true, mm-hmm. but there's nothing good that can come out of it. I just created a scenario where there's something bad that okay, comes true. out of it. Okay, true. Listen, there's certainly nothing good. That's very fair. Right. Easily accept that statement. But, you know, and I'll give the Knicks a modicum of the benefit of the doubt, a little speck, a little pebble in the great sands of Jones Beach, one little teeny tiny pebble. <laughs> right. I'm, I mean, I'm barely willing to even grant them this. Right. I don't believe that that was sent with malice. I believe that was sent with self-preservation. I believe in their own warped minds at that moment, they were they, they needed to rally the troops and reinforce within their fa- – reinvigorate their fan base. And on, again – Probably the wrong move. I, again, same with our business, and you alluded to that. If you leave a station, it does nobody any good to stick a middle finger up as you pull away. Say the right thing. You had a, you know, unless it's truly egregious and sure. something needs to be said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just keep your mouth shut, and move on, be a pro. And you know, I, I do think the, I do think the Knicks, uh, while they have shown better restraint and better direction and better professionalism, that was uh, a, a flinch. Which they could have done without, but I don't think it's incredibly detrimental. The, Although your possible scenario, if that came to fruition, that could make some sense, the, I the guess. The dream that a lot of Net fans have in a weird way, and you'll understand why I say this, is we want Nick fans to hate the Nets because that means they're relevant. Right? Sure, rather and, than apathy. Right, and there's been it. a lot of apathy like for Met a long time. Like Mets fans toward Yankees rather than a- Yankees versus Mets. Absolutely. I get it. Did it bother you that they signed with the Nets? Or was it, well, you not know, really. It's, it's, does it, bo- it doesn't bother me. If Kevin Durant was playing this then year. Then it would have bothered. Here's the word I was looking for earlier. Yes. Inconsolable. That's, <laughs> wow. what I, that's what I would have been for a little bit. And then obviously you get about your day and you yeah. see the little kids and you get back to reality. Uh, and you realize what really matters. But in the basketball, in the sporting sense, I would have been inconsolable for a little bit. I would have been out of whack because if I if I knew that in a couple of months, middle you know middle September, whatever it is, you get ready to assemble for training camp, and then, then the Brooklyn Nets are getting ready to trot out Kevin Durant at one spot, Kyrie at the one, and you know five or six other interesting interchangeable pieces. I'm sitting here saying, "Geez, I mean, they're gonna piss on us does, all year. But does that mean, destroy us? Does that mean this would be something you'll get pissed off about when he's healthy? Because it's 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 no low. number one because the Knicks will have more of a chance to narrow the gap of of their inferiority right now. Right. If Barrett progresses, sure. if Knox progresses, um, you know. And by the way, you know what? Uh, trust me. In terms of the consulate, you, you're not a golfer. Joe would really appreciate this analogy. But you played a golf outing. If you have like lowest score, you get you know sometimes you get some sick prizes. You know, if you finish, like, seventh, you might get a, a box of titles Pro V1s, which isn't bad because right. they're about 50 bucks for 12. But it's not the big-time prize because you didn't finish first. Julius Randle is kind of like the oh, box yeah, of yeah. Pro V1s. And, by the way, the controllability, we determine what's up in year three. I like it. I'm fine with it. So, you know, in, in, in one big, broad, swooping, swathing painting of how I truly feel, I was adamant. And I expressed this on the podcast. If the Knicks got nervous and flinched and messed up like they always messed up and started spending like drunken sailors on the wrong guys and treating C-plus players like A-plus, that's it. I honestly may have stopped being a Knicks fan. Right. Like, I would I would have snapped. 
everybody's got a limit, man. And they worked so hard to be had to have some some financial integrity. The restraint that they showed tells me that they're going in the right direction. They're different. They're different. No, they they have not gone. They, they haven't done anything stupid. It's something Joe has said a lot of. I've been saying it too. They're just not doing dumb things. And we'll get into what they did this offseason. Like personally, I think they've they've gotten like a B, right? Me nitpicking, hey, I would have done this with my cap room, is a lot different than them absorbing the worst contract yes. ever yes. and thinking, hey, Chris Paul, and not getting assets with it. Just, hey, it's Chris Paul. I know. Let's go. Well, that's what they would have done three years ago. Right. They're di- they're, they have clearly shown that they're different. They've yes. shown that. Yes. They're thinking much more logically than they ever have. But I have to say this. You know, one of the appeals of Coach Fizz was that he had juice around the NBA. He was connected. LeBron's his boy. D. Wade's his boy from his time at Miami. Right. And the thought, at least for me, was, yeah, he's a culture guy. You know, take that for data. Like, I love the energy when he did that with Memphis. I think he's a decent game coach. Nothing special. Decent. But combined with his, you know, for lack of, excuse me, lack of a better description, aura, and again, league-wide juice, that was that that was supposed to bring in some big time. So did players. that take a hit in your mind? That, oh no, no. Now he's got now now the curve, uh, like the evaluation curve, amps up a year. Right now, however tolerant I was willing to be, in terms of the rebuild, is truncated by a year because he didn't deliver what I thought he would. And that's part of the reason why they hired him, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think, so I think that's that a problem. Was. Now, Fisdale, you know, don't give me the 17-win bullshit. Don't no. give me 25, 20. I mean, if you're not if you're not solidly entrenched, now nah, this is going to sound ridiculous. This is actually going to sound really ridiculous. Well, you want them in the playoffs? No, is that what you're going to say? Well, the Knicks might have the deepest team in the NBA. The from, deepest from one team to in the 15. NBA. In terms of guarantee, I, I know mean, they've got, well, hold on a second. got more talent. In terms of guaranteed contracts, because most teams, the last five, six spots are complete, utter dead weight. Sure. Guys with no chance. The top line teams are that way because they've gone big and heavy. Look at the Lakers. I sure. get that. And they've got to, you know, they got to scrounge out the rest of the roster based on the financial implications. One through 15, at least everybody, there's like, there's a sense of, of you know, varies intrigue in, in their development. Listen, I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. is the guy. I don't. Um, I'd like to think that Knox is going to surge forward this year. Uh, I do like the pick of Barrett. He's got to learn how to shoot better. That's going to come. He, he's a he's a tough kid. He wants to be here. That's yes, a starting point. That is definitely a starting point. He wants point. to be here. His dad played in Queens. He said, I'll take Broadway. Let's go. Mm. And he embraces it. So I do think that, you know, for Fisdale now, you know, we can't have any of this, you know, we're going into January and the Knicks are, you know, 11 and 30. No. Whatever the record. The bar's you know, changed. Don't about Absolutely. That. They, they've got to flirt. Here's what I said with Teak. They've got to flirt. As we get to St. Mm, Patty's Day, that gives you about a month left of the season. As they get to Valentine's Day, right in the window, a week or so after the Super Bowl, all right, football's done. Where's, even though, of course, we'll pay attention every night. But, right. I mean, broad-based picture nationally. Where are the Knicks? Are the Knicks trending forward, or are the Knicks' young players either um, stagnant or, God forbid, regressing? And if that's the case, Fisdale's got a world of issues. Yeah, but wait, what's weird about that is— got to be in the mix for the eighth seed. Okay, it's possible you're in the mix for the eighth seed, and those young guys aren't developing. You just brought in a lot yeah. of veteran players. so Which is almost counterproductive. In a way, but what's more important then? I mean, well, if the, I, you can never— the most important thing is the development of the two young Absolutely. pieces. And three, really, with Mitchell. Three, for sure, with Mitchell. Nothing should supersede that. 
And the minute distribution is going to be a challenge for Fisdale because he's walking that line, like, much like Todd Bowles trying to figure out a quarterback all these years, right. right? You know, he was walking the line going into that final season of, well, you know, as Nick fans, you know, I, I know you're a little different. You want to always win. I knew the Jets sucked. I wanted to win three games. And I wanted to draft the quarterback, right. right? But his situation was different. He had to just self-preservation. He had to win a few games to entice management enough to give him one more chance. Right. I don't think Fisdale's at that stage yet, but next year he will be. So, so he's got to win enough to satisfy ownership. The players have to show palpable progress, and he's got to make sure the veterans he brought in get some minutes. So here's what's Not interesting. Easy. Last year, most Knicks fans wanted to tank. That was the the word. 100%. I want to lose. I want to lose, lose every I night. Lose. I bet okay. against the Knicks all the time. <laughs> I know you're telling I want me. a lot of money. Yeah, you sure did. They only won 17 freaking <laughs> games. You did yeah, great. But you, could, you could think it's still losing cover. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah no, no, you're right. You know. That's why whenever I bet – Either for a team or against a team, always go with the money, money line. line. I got to secure myself. But the problem but, is the money. Yeah, I hear you. I, but it, it can doesn't be always give you great yeah. value. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't work out sometimes. But Fisdale coached, and he said this before the season even started. He said, I'm going to challenge my young guys. I'm going to play them in big spots uh-huh. because they have to learn. Great. In a tanking year, that's perfect. Well, now it's not a tanking year. Nope. So do you want him challenging R.J. Barrett to play a, the big final five minutes of a close game, or do you want to win? How do you balance that? Well, I think he's going to be playing no matter what. I think it stretches out. To, I think Kevin Knox is somebody that can lose minutes more than Barrett. I just think Barrett's physically more resilient, thicker, stronger, better rebounder, does more things than Kevin Knox. So uh, I think that Kevin Knox may have diminished minutes. And at that point, I'd have to really – I'd have to – I. I I'm not trying to be evasive. I can't give you an answer now because I need to see what's happening. Like, even though I don't think he's the guy, but if Dennis Smith shows palpable growth, I can maybe deal with Kevin Knox taking a little bit of a step back and Smith asserting himself. And as long as Mitchell Robinson, who's definitely going to play Mitchell Robinson and RJ Barrett playing, you know, 28 to 33 minutes a night, barring foul issues for Robinson, of course, and maybe Barrett too. Then I can say, all right, where are we record wise? Where are we? with the the minutes and and the allocation of roles and because I do think it, there's something to be said for being on the court in the final five minutes. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Absolutely. You know, listen, everybody says who's gonna make the big shot. But before you make the big shot, you gotta have the balls to take the big shot. Yeah. You gotta have the stones to let it go. You know and what? you gotta know that you're gonna miss a lot. It, this may and sound, deal with it. This may sound nuts because I know Mitchell Robinson is the is almost the most beloved Nick right now. Nick fans <laughs> love him and I get I why love him. got a ton of talent. Yeah, he does. Considering the the guys they signed and the foul trouble, he may not be on the floor as much as we all think. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a chance you're going to see a lot of Julius Randle at the five. Yeah. They signed how many fours? Now, I know we're in a positionless world. I get it. They're not putting five fours on the floor at the same time. No. So, I don't know how many minutes Mitchell Robinson's necessarily going to get. He's going to have to earn it. You can look at it this way. You could also say, hey, you know what, Mitchell? You're playing 20 minutes tonight. I don't care if you foul out at the 19th minute. Give us every ounce of energy you have. I want you to chase down every loose ball, hit the window every time a shot goes up. Go to block every single shot. Go do what you do. And then where the laboratory, and this, again, is on Fisdale, the laboratory away from game night is banging bodies with, you know, Morris and practice and learning sure. how to, you know, eventually, you know, leverage and angles and the little things that maybe aren't incredibly sexy to talk about on sports radio, but are imperative yeah. to the development of young kids, especially kids that play in the paint. So, you know, I, um, yeah, if they had one more sniper on the team or if they had maybe a more defined point guard, I'd say, yeah, the Knicks are definitely going to be an eight seed. You know, I, I'm certainly not going to say that. But the Knicks need to be competitive. Then the guard needs to be loud. More importantly, the guard needs to. There's a sound of there's a sound of angst, and there's a sound of hope, and there's also right. a sound of 
of apathy. Which yeah. is, and that's one thing the Garden almost never had. It's no. never, never apathetic. No. But it's got to ha- and that hopeful sound, and I've gone through this with St. John's over the years, you can tell when it's at least trending in the right direction. You can, I'll give you a good line. The, uh, I don't know why this jumps out, but the 1987, you're a fellow nerd, you'll like this, even though you're younger. What was it, year after you were born? Four years hey, Jesus. I'm 80, not that young. I got you. 87, <laughs> right. Mark Jackson wins rookie year for the right, next, right? Right, And like everybody, at that, I had all the VHS tapes. I mean, you name it. Season and review, this week in baseball, Knicks, history, everything. Right. And the Knicks history was narrated by Marv, Marv, Marv Albert. And Marv said at one point, because remember, Ewing comes in 85. They're terrible. I believe they went, they won 23 times. He got hurt. He hurt his knee, missed some time. Wins rookie of the year. The next year is when they draft Kenny Walker, and they're trying to experiment. Kenny Walker can't shoot, and that was a disaster. But 87 was the first year they showed some growth. Mark Jackson comes in. Ewing's starting to explode. He's starting to – he knows the league. And I remember Marv Albert said – this is really pointing. I'm sure this is somewhere on YouTube. Nick fans will appreciate that. He said, every once in a while, I'll take off my headsets, right, and I'll just listen, and I'll close my eyes. And based on the tone, the the intonation of the crowd, all right – I will I will be able to tell if if this is a team that the city really believes in right and and is as is, is is beginning to grow or it's just another year that's lost and you know it's funny I, I've done that with St John's a lot mm. where and you could tell when there are many years I've done it in many years they, they you know they've incredibly struggled it's like oh and then there's the years you know maybe Mully's second year and you know when 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 Shamari came in or D'Angelo and that crew, when they got to the NC2A, I would take it off, and you can hear it. It's a different sound. So whenever you take off those mythical headphones to answer the question, I need to hear hope at the Garden. That's what I need to hear. I think a lot of that is going to be on the play of R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson. More so than, hey, they're winning games, and it's, you know, because Taj Gibson's playing a good 20 20 good minutes. I hear you. You know what I mean? So that's why this season is a very strange season, because I'm totally with you. You got to win some games now. You know, none of this garbage. You got to win some games, but it's also that that mix of. But I got to see my guys develop. Yeah, Kevin Knox is probably facing of all the guys even more than RJ. It's his biggest year for Kevin Knox. It's a big it's year. His second year in the league. Yep. He had an overall a disastrous rookie year. Let's be honest yep. about it. It's not well. great. No. We need to had see one good one one player of the month one month. Yeah, true. So he did flash. Absolutely. Which is very different than Neil Akita, who never flashed. Frank never. You flashed. know that there's something yep. there, but but keep going. But you want to see more from him this yeah, year. Yeah, he should be our sniper. He should be the Knicks Allen Houston. You know, two point Maybe with with a little more bounce and a little more strength, so you're, a little more athleticism. Your bar with this roster, I don't is, think he'll be that shooter. By the no, way, no, I get but that. But even if he's a tick below, then you got something pretty. So good. your bar is playoff race. I want to be in the postseason race. I want to yeah. be there. That's the first time I've said that in a long time. Mm. You know the the thing that the thing that crushes us too is that yeah, this goes back to the whole start of the conversation here with Durant. You gave up Porzingis. And you didn't get so it. So you're having regrets about this now. Well, I'm preparing myself for a nightly dose of 36 from KP and 23 and 13 from Doncic does and he, Rick Carlisle Mavericks does he, probably being 30 and 17 at some let's point, say overachieving. They, let's say they are. Yeah. And let's say Porzingis is great. There is not going to be a part of you that says, you know what? This son of a bitch didn't want to be here. Well, there's a big part that says that. Sure. Okay. And this goes back to the free agents who spurned us. You don't want to be here? Peace out. They'll need you. And I, I, I'll i always say that. I, I Listen, I don't think it's different than... 
uh, you know, a free agent that that spurns the Yanks or the Mets. I mean, I really don't. Machado, even though Machado wanted to yeah, be he here, wanted yeah, he to be did, here, he did, right? he did. Yankees really spurned him more so. Yeah. But there's, you know, back in the day, um, let me give you uh, Maddox. Maddox yeah. was oh really went out for dinner, went to Manhattan? Broadway show, right. <laughs> you know, and and he was thought to really, you don't want to come here, go go, don't come. I yeah. don't care, whatever, go somewhere else. We'll beat you in a World Series. Doesn't matter. Right. You know, you you can't beg people to come here. Listen, New York, and and my perspective is different because I've lived. You've never lived anywhere else, to my knowledge, right? I actually oh, lived no, you in did. Maryland I, I'm for I'm sorry, a bunch you did. Years, I knew yeah. that. I, I take that back. Joe's been here his whole life. Princess right. has been here his whole life. I mean, Boomer outside of being that. Grew up here professionally as a broadcast here. Right, right. You know, all these guys. Gio went to Pittsburgh. It's, it is different when you live somewhere else. And sure. you do realize how fucking hard it is in the city. Oh, yeah. Just to get from point A. Friday night, I have people on my terrace. They're having, you know, Friday night celebration. Took me four and a half hours to get home. <laughs> I used to live on West 85th Street in Columbus, right? right. I got to West, and I get off the air at 6 with Tiki and Tierney. And I go to my garage. I'm in, I get my car. They pull it out. Boom, text them. Hey, I'm coming. I'm in my car by 6.07. I walked in at 10.57. Oh I, I texted <sighs> my buddy. I said, dude, forget about double scotch. Make that a triple. <laughs> and you know what? You deal with this stuff. Yeah. And not everybody, I don't care how much money you have. Right, going to Barclays or going to the Garden or going to the Knicks practice facility, yeah. more specifically, yep. is a royal pain in the ass. Yeah. When you could just live seven miles from the facility in a mansion you, in a different state. Do you think, because we've heard a lot about this recently, about this practice facility, while the Nets have a practice facility in Brooklyn. You think that's really hurt the Knicks? You think they should consider doing something about that then? Where are you going to do it? In somewhere in Manhattan. Where? I don't know. I'm sure you can. What about Carmelo's gym that he used to rent out? You <laughs> yeah. ever see that thing? Yeah. Um, you you can, can get a place to make a gym. It's not impossible. You can. I'm sure maybe at Chelsea Piers. Yeah. There's some room there. I'm just saying if it's really affecting them, you they know, should think about it. I, I don't. I, I remember, listen, I, I remember David Lee used to tell me all the time. I was a tough. I, I mean, that's just an arduous journey. Yeah. God forbid. Yeah. Now, you could be the most diligent and you could be, you know, incredibly prompt and. One little curveball that's out of control, you'll lay for shoot around. Dude, I live it's up like, there. Oh I make the commute every day. Well, you know it's a pain what, in the ass. You know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So those are little things to navigate. Those. Listen, we all love New York, but if we're honest with ourselves, New York's tough. Yeah. New York is, and by the way, you know, the taxes, I mean, I mean that, that it is what it is there. But uh, it's, not, um, it's not the magnet that it once was. I do think the Yankees are different, obviously. Oh, they, the Yankees they are. are different. Yes. The Yankees are different. More than any other team in this town. Though I will say the Rangers seem to attract everybody, too, which in a way, has to be a little obnoxious that they're owned by the same guy. They play in the same arena. I think they have a very similar practice facility issue, and yet guys routinely want to come to the Rangers for less money. Hmm. They want to tell me it's a different sport, but, hey, guys are taking less. Kawhi Leonard just took less money. Well, here's one thing that, and amazingly, because it is owned by the same person, the perception of the Rangers around Completely. the NHL, first class. Completely. First rate. The Knicks, circus. Or, or, up until, now, I don't know that it's viewed as a circus now, I believe I believe it's viewed as, uh, um, you know, they're, they're starting to take the tent down. There's still a few elephants lingering they're, around. You know how I think they're viewed. It's very know. simple. Circus not, is over, but it's still we still have we still have to actually get it in the mass of trucks and right. pull it away. Like the the bearded woman is still on the premises, and <laughs> I, the sword swallower is over there, but he's changing. Circus is over. I think they're but just, it, we can still see it. I think they're just viewed as being bad right now. That's all, and that can change very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it changed very quickly for the Nets. They were bad two years ago. Oh, they were it bad to start the yeah, season. They were eight and eighteen. Do you You're right, so we can change very quickly. You, I want to ask you a question. You have to have a bit of a soft spot for D'Angelo Russell. A big time. Because without big him, time. I don't know that these guys are here. If they finish sub-500, 
He's a big factor. I mean, think about that. He's a big factor. And so what it came down to is I think Kyrie Irving's a better player than D'Angelo Russell. I think that's an obvious statement. Yep. I think that's very obvious. More efficient. And just more efficient. By a lot. Yeah. And I wonder what Russell's game's going to look like three years from now. He relies a lot on the mid-range jump shot. He doesn't get to the basket. He doesn't finish at the basket. And I just wonder if he'll ever be as good as Kyrie Irving. He may be. I doubt it. But... He'll never be as good as Kyrie. Okay. He's three years younger. He doesn't have knee issues. And he had a great attitude last year. Yep. The Nets, one of the most famous games the Nets had last year. Famous. Maybe it's only in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. In your <laughs> Probably. Own, in your own warp. <laughs> right. I don't think Sportsnet are led with this. No. Just a guess. They did have a crazy. Nor do I think it was on the back page of the post. It pro- no, Just definitely not. Definitely not. So I guess famous. Did they even make it into Mix Update? <laughs> it barely did. <laughs> I barely got to mention it on the air the next day. But they played a crazy game against the Rockets. Uh-huh. It was a fantastic game. D'Angelo was benched yes. for the fourth quarter. Fourth overtime. quarter. Yeah. Did play. No, no. And never complained. And always yeah. was cheering his teammates. And was at G League games rooting for his teammates. The guy was a great dude. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to be here. So no doubt it's bittersweet. But at the end of the day, I want to win a championship. And you need players to win championships. I hear you. And so, yes, it's bittersweet. I'm glad he's happy. And I'm glad he's saying great things about the Nets. Like, oh, I loved him. It all worked out. There isn't any weird, I call it Red Soxian. The Red Sox yeah. love to bash guys on the way out. Uh-huh. They do it. Pedro's a douche. We hate Manny. They Manny. hate everybody. Yeah. The Nets, it, it ended well with him and D'Angelo. It was a nice breakup. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. If the Nets don't finish 42-40, and 40, if they don't come back against the Kings and win that game, if they're not in the playoffs, is Kyrie and Kevin Durant here? I don't know. Maybe not. Again, we'll never know. Um, did you think D'Angelo was going to sign with the Knicks at any point? I was worried about it. But you know what was weird? I never heard any rumors about that. And never. I think that was a mistake you guys made because – Here's the thing, the way I look at your offseason. It wasn't a bad offseason. I'd be I'd be just a douchebag if I sat here and said it was bad. Yeah. They were smart. They got they brought in guys with high upsides. Julius Randle's gonna have a monster year. We I, all know. I it. like him. I like Bobby Portis as long as he's not punching his teammates. I don't care if he's punching teammates. <laughs> no, no. If his Depends teammates which teammate. if his teammates aren't practicing hard. I mean, the Knicks need an ass kicker in the locker room. It's about time. Within reason, obviously. Well, of course, as long you, don't as he's not... Cav- you don't want to be some lunatic cavalier. Rogue teammate, but right. I mean, I believe that Miritich had it coming. Yeah, if it look, if <laughs> he I, challenged though. I read the whole story on yeah, that. Yeah, if it was because I, you know what, I didn't, and I should read that story. Uh-huh. But what the hell happened between those two? Yeah, Miritich challenged him in, in practice. They started getting hard after each other, and, and then Miritich basically challenged to a fight, and Porter said, "Swallow this." So it wasn't about you owe me money. <laughs> no, or... no, no, not about girls. <laughs> That's a good thing. Man. No, no, no. It wasn't about that. It wasn't about playing cards on the plane. Yeah. it was about competitive spirit, and they were, which is great. And they were smart to bring in guys that they can move at the deadline for picks yep. or they can just get rid of it and say, okay, we tried. It didn't work. Sure. But what I would have done, there were two things I would have done differently. Okay. Why am I grading it an A? Let's hear it. First of all, I would have pushed for D'Angelo Russell because okay. the guy can be a star. He's mm-hmm. 23 years old. If I had D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle, and that was my little foundation moving forward. I'd be really excited about what this team could be. To go along with R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox. Yep, and Mitchell. You keep and Mitchell. forgetting about Mitchell I don't Robinson. want to forget him because he's He he's might be the else. best of the three of them, dude. He could be. He's very different, but he yeah, very well true. could be. So I would have gone after D'Angelo Russell. Okay. Would you have? Yeah, I was okay with that. I was absolutely amenable to that. There's no doubt. But you that's weren't the, all in on it, though. I wasn't all in, why but not? that's why I used the word amenable. Because why he's not? not an incredibly efficient player. Okay. And, so you that know, concerned you? Well, it has to. We, okay. we've, he's a guard. I mean, he's, he's yep. shooting the ball, of course. If you don't put it in the, if you put it in the hole 42 43% of the time, uh, that's a little something to double-check on. That's why Dennis Smith, to me, is, is a big problem. Um, you know, he's, he's got to solve his shooting woes and, uh, you know, probably won't because you're either a good shooter or you're not. You can become a functional shooter. I don't think you go from a bad shooter to an elite shooter. You can go from an okay shooter to a good shooter. We've seen evidence of that. Michael Jordan became better. Kobe became better. Magic sure. became better as he got older. 
Um, but but the thing about Russell is that his trajectory, I would have liked one more year mm-hmm. where it was, you know, just set in stone, this is the player he now is. And I believe that he is this player right. that was in Brooklyn last year. And I believe it's going to be good for him to go to Steve Kerr and assume some of the weight with with Clay Thompson out, no Kevin Durant. You know, this is gonna, it's, it's smart for Steph to lighten Steph's load a little bit. But if he had last year an exact replication of last year, the year before on his stat sheet, then I probably would have been close to all in. No, I get that because he didn't even really have a full year last year. No. I'll be honest with you because, again, for those first few months, Spencer Dinwiddie was playing big minutes over him. He was not the MVP of the team. Now, he went on a spurt where he made the all-star team. He carried them to this great comeback against Sacramento. He had a very good overall year, but it wasn't a full year no. of D'Angelo's an all-star. I need a so little I more evidence. That. A little more. And again, I think he's going to be, I, I like him, but yeah. he to could give be, him a max deal, I, I, I couldn't hey, give him Hey, he could be yours next deal. year if the Warriors flip him. They you could. may get I him mean, anyway. could be, sure. But here's the other yeah. thing I would have done differently. I'm curious if, okay. if you agree with this, is I would have been much more aggressive at bringing in a bad contract to get draft picks. I thought Marks did a great job of doing that. They have extra picks from Dallas, no doubt, yep. but you never have enough, not necessarily to use to draft players, but... For the next great well, superstar. To facilitate other trades. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's smart Did to Did you want them that. to do that? Yeah, I would have been okay with that. I mean, if you took, you know, listen, when Morris reneged, I mean, that was too deep into the summer anyway. So that, that, that you had to do because yeah. Morris is a pretty good player. Absolutely. He's 28 years of age. He's tough. He can shoot. He's going to fill a role. Doesn't hurt. Uh, no, I may, I, I could absolutely co-sign, you know, if you told me before the free agent spending from the Knicks point of view started. Let's wipe away one or even two of these names and insert your plan. Take out a bad deal, get some draft equity back. I would have been good with that, sure. Oh yeah, I'm sensing. I think it's smart. Remember, they've got they've got draft equity from Dallas. Right. They've got their own picks, so they're they're actually in a pretty good position. They to are strengthen that. And there's always one disenchanted superstar that's coming down the pike. And you've got if you're going to be bad, and you know, or at least trending away from bad, but not yet fully competitive like the Knicks are. Uh, and there's a few other teams, you know, the Pistons, the Bulls, you know, the teams that are the Kings are trying to ascend and those teams that aren't really ready for prime time, but are, are, are taking little baby steps. You've got to, you've got to be in a position to pounce unconventionally when, because when this happens mid season, you know, that's what separates the, the real, the perceptive franchise, you know, like too for too long, the Knicks thought process was, was linear. It's like, all right, we'll do this, and that'll lead to B, and then B will lead. No, it doesn't always do that. You right. gotta, you get sometimes you gotta say, all right, I'm at point B right now, but boy, I see this happening in City X or in Team Y in a year and a half, and here's his contract status. Let me, let me kick this to the side. Let me, let me at least put myself in a position to be able to make that call aggressively and say, hey, well, let's do this for that guy. That's what I think the Clippers did so well that they were not only loaded with cap space, but they had the ability once Kawhi Leonard said, "Go get me, Ball George." to say, oh, we got these Miami picks, we have our own picks, we have Gilgis Alexander, we have Gallinari as an expiring, let's go. They were so equipped to make that deal, and we know they're not getting Kawhi Leonard without making that deal. No, but they're going to lament giving up Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think They're going to lament that. I'm not saying you don't do it. Right. You do it to get Kawhi and then Paul. Well, you know what they may ultimately regret? If those two guys leave after two years, they're going to regret everything, because unless they win a title, because they gave up a Billy King-sized package. 
Now, the difference between Billy King and the Clippers and the Lakers is look what they got back. Mm-hmm. All right, he got mm-hmm. back Paul George, and he was able to sign Kawhi well, Leonard. Two of the best two-way players in the NBA no under doubt. 30. Yeah. You got to so make the move. Not, I'm not saying they shouldn't have made the move. I'm yeah, just saying there is Billy a— Billy King away for that sentence. But there's a risk I mean, attached Billy King to was the worst. No, he was you know, because you the laugh, return though? wasn't those guys. I hear you. You want to laugh? We have Billy on, on the show once in a while, and— I mean, I, I hate to say, I, I, I almost can't introduce the guy with a straight face, you know. <laughs> you know, it's really hard. You know, Rams with the Sixers, Nets, and I'm like, ugh. Architect of one of the worst trades uh, I ever. mean, uh, the worst trade. I mean, quite frankly, yeah, that's, he, that's probably the worst trade. I think so, too, but he tries to rationalize, well, look how good the Nets are. It didn't mean the Celtics haven't won anything. <laughs> yeah, no, Dude, no. that had nothing to do with you. No, nah, it's, uh, that's a reach. It's a bit, that's a bit of a reach. reach. <laughs> that's a bit of a reach there. The NBA is crazy, man. You know, the one thing that I believe, Ev, is that, it's probably different nationally because we were able to do. I mean, I know that you and Joe and you and Joe will reference the Clippers, of course, because it's the NBA. Sure, sure. But I mean, we're doing hours on this, oh. man. We're digging deep into See, the yeah, Thunder. I, that, I, and I and I love it. I right. love it. But I do think there's an expiration date to this because you, you know, at some point. You know, the NBA's morphed into a 10-month-a-year league. It just has. Sure has. We're getting ready yep. for hard knocks. We're ju- we want to see where Chris Paul goes, and he's going to obviously get dealt. And then we put you know put basketball on the back burner, pick it up mid-September, training camp. Oh, this guy's in the best shape of his career. You know, all the bullshit articles that everybody yeah. writes. This guy came in the best shape. You always see that. You always every see that every year. year. Every yep. year. Yep. Somebody's in the best shape of his life, yet it never translates to the season, amazingly. Uh, so 10 months basketball. And then, you know, hard knocks, football camp, we'll get into our Jets and our Giants, and obviously National will get it, we'll get into it all. But I do think that after a while, and we, we're trending there fast, this is not sustainable. The NBA has knocked the NFL to the back page. The NBA is on the front page from the sporting point of view nationally right, right now, right? right? Now, this week, you'll get the British Open, and obviously Wimbledon, whatever, you get little spurts and trinkets, trickles here. But the NBA is king right now in terms of offseason stuff. But fans still need authenticity in their product. And while it's fun to talk, and we take a million calls, we have a million we have just really interesting, well-thought-out segments about what could happen, then reacting to what did happen, that gets old after a while. Because the fans in the cities that keep getting screwed, yeah. I mean, what do they have to latch but on to? But don't you think— What do they have to latch on to? No, it's—I t- mean, look at Oklahoma City. They drafted three Hall of Famers. Yep. They're all Hall of Famers, Harden, Westbrook, Durant. Durant left on his own, but yep. part of why he probably left is that they didn't pay James Harden. They got rid of him. They ended up moving all three guys. Durant left on his own. They went to one NBA freaking finals. They won one finals game, mm-hmm. and they're all gone. Well, but to be fair, it, I, I hear you. That's undeniable. That That is truly uh, what happened historically. I get that. But they were up three games to one against the Warriors. I get that. If Kevin Durant hit a jump shot or Westbrook hit another bucket rather than shooting 30%, which they did, and they would have won. And they probably so, would have won maybe an NBA championship. And then they would have won yeah, the championship, probably. I firmly believe. So we but they on, didn't. I, I, true. <laughs> but, so we could get on Presti for maybe prematurely dealing Harden or the you know the, the way all these great players left fair. Uh, it's a mass exodus, and that's probably, when you look at the, the entire NBA history, I don't know that we've ever quite seen that. We're three... I mean, absolute no doubt. I know it's not a first ballot thing. It's necessarily a little different than the basketball Hall of Fame versus the NBA Hall of Fame, encompassing college, et cetera, uh, international play. So it's a little different. But those guys are our are, are first ballot, no question. if you know what I mean. And, you know, the, the Thunder fan, they've got to be cool with this reset. And this is counterintuitive to, I think, what you're saying and certainly probably what you're thinking. The Thunder get the Seattle Supersonics. They get handed a gift. You ever been up to Seattle? I have one time, yeah. 
awesome city, oh, right? Oh, yeah, beautiful. Do you Good go to seafood. A, do you go to a, oh, great seafood. Do you go to a game or did you just hang? No, no, I was just there for okay. a couple of days. Phenomenal. Had some meals. Gotcha. Phenomenal. Phenomenal environment, right? And and I I, I remember I, I did a Nick Sonics games Durant, Durant's rookie year. He hit a jump shot to wow. win it. At the, what a stunner. Nick's <laughs> lost then, too. And <laughs> right. then they left Key Arena and they go to Oklahoma City. Right. This is what the Thunder fans have had since that moment. They get a team with incredible history, going back to Dennis Johnson yep. and, and Lenny Wilkins when they won the championship in the late 70s. Then they have one rough season, 32-50 and 50 the first year. Next year, they're in the playoffs. Then they win 50-something games. Right. Then they're right. knocking on the door championships. Then they have three of the best all-time, you know, three players certainly of, of our generation, in Durant's case, of all time, they, they get. I get and they've wait, been wait, 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 And now, as they reboot and they're prepared to go through this arduous rebuild, no, they've got more draft equity than anybody I, in the history of the not, NBA. You're not wrong with Stop. anything you said. You're not wrong with anything you said, but here's where... I pause, all right? The whole city thing I can't relate to because we're in New York. We're fans of the teams. They're not moving anywhere. If I had three great players and I got to one freaking finals and I blew a 3-1 lead and I have nothing to show for it, as good as my rebuild looks like it's going to go, it would be a colossal disappointment. It would be a massive disappointment. I won nothing. I had three great players. The odds are I'm not getting guys of that level again, no matter how many draft picks I have. And I won nothing. So, in terms of, look, they got a team, and within a year they were in the playoffs, you're right. I can't argue that. I guess I'm just thinking about it in terms of, if that was my team, if that was your team, if the Knicks drafted those three guys, and that was your resume to show for it, yep. you'd love, you would have lost your mind No, I, w- I would have, because I would That's say... It. That's all I'm saying. I, I hear you. I mean, I would say <laughs> that we had Ewing drag a bunch of B-minus players right. to the championship, and, right. and this team... I, 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 fair, <laughs> but I also believe that you have to apply it in the practical basketball sense rather than theoretically. Like, what could they have been at their max? Sure. I'll say, based on their basketball skill set, they wouldn't have fit. Because Westbrook's pounding the ball. Right. Durant needs the rock, and James Harden pounds the ball. So we could sit there all day and say, oh, Presti fucked up. How do you do you think they would have actually flourished together? I don't. There's no way they would have yeah, flourished. Yeah, I don't think James Harden would have become what he's become and the second thing is, I think what they did now was the right thing to do. I think it was clear that Russ and Paul George are not going to win anything. Good recovery. And so very they did recover yep. very, very well. Did you have any? I think I know the answer. Uh, did well, you have any interest in Russell Westbrook? Zero. No, okay. None. So no. You're, you're right on but about Check that. my timeline. You yeah. know, I'm not hiding from this stuff. It's it's there, you know, so, reacting in real time. Incredibly inefficient. I mean, he can't shoot free throws anymore, 65%. Yep. He's a brick He's not going to age downtown. well. He's not going to, although he's still one of the best athletes still. For now. For now. Right. But almost $50 million a year for a guy who can't shoot straight, who, no. you, who uses speed to go by you, I'm going to pass. Are you... That uh, wouldn't be the consideration. No, and you're you're right on about that. And I think anybody who did consider it Nick fans, I think they went nuts. But I don't think many now Nick five fans years did. ago when we're well, going yeah. even more when we're going through like the Stevie Francis's and the yeah. Zach Randolphs and the recycling of coaches, that would have been totally. And I don't mean five years ago when he was 25. I mean if this was the it, mindset, yeah, of like the if, if, if if you know I don't know Larry Brown or whomever. I mean Herb Williams. I mean if there was a chance to have Russell Westbrook at the age of 30, I probably would have been. A little more willing to go for the short fix, but the NBA is so different now. If you can't shoot, you can't win. Are you, you got to shoot? Gonna never think about attracting star free agents again? Is that out of your mind after what, what happened? Like, 
I'm already starting to sense the, hey, don't worry, let's build guys up. We're going to go sign Giannis in a few years. Oh, I'm not that, wasting my time with that you're nonsense. Not, you're done with that. No, I can't live my life like that. I'll, I'll Listen, uh, Giannis, by the way, Giannis needs to learn how to shoot a little yes, bit as well. Yes, he does, yep. Uh, if we get to that point, was he have two more years? I think 20, he's got two, two more years, years to go yep, on his deal, yep, right? Yep. Yeah, you're already starting to see the articles. It's clickbait, like suckers, like zombies, Nick fans, click away. I don't waste my time. It's bullshit. There's no way. that he, I don't think he's going to leave, number one. And number two, hey, if he's available and the Knicks are in a position to maybe get him, uh, you know, wake me up. Yeah, I think, you know what I think it has to be? I I had a, as a fan of the Nets, my attitude going into free agency was, of course I want star players, but, hey, they have cap room, I've got a good roster, let's just go. If we strike out, it's not the end of the world. But I would view it differently if I'm you. How would you view it? Because I'm looking for respect. I'm looking for citywide cachet. Oh, that was a factor, too. I think it's different for the Nets fan versus the Knicks fan. You needed to get a big fish to silence the Knicks a little bit. And there was a lot of, and I, you know what's weird? Because I'd be honest with you if it was you. Even though you were arrogant about him going to the Knicks, you weren't the same as other voices, Mike was one of them. Giannotti was another. Mm-hmm. Where it was, don't even mention the Nets. It's absurd to mention any star player going to the Nets. And even though you were adamant about them going to the Knicks, I, here's what I took differently from you. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were an arrogant dick. I don't know. <laughs> I took it more as these guys are going to the Knicks. It's nothing against the Nets. It's yeah. not that you're the Nets. It's that they're coming to the Knicks. I view the Nets the same I would view any other team. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the vibe I got from you. The vibe I got from Mike, and I give Francesa credit, believe it or not, I heard his interview with Atkinson, and as much as Mike could ever, he sort of apologized for being wrong about yeah, okay, it. Okay, I'll believe that when I hear I it. I swear to Please God, stop. I'm going to paraphrase Apolo- what he said. He apologizes to nobody. Well, hold on a second. I didn't say he apologized with the words, I'm sorry. I'm saying this In a is, Francesian way, he yeah, actually what he said. swallowed some humble pie for once. Here's what he said. Did he really? Yeah, and you tell me <laughs> if I'm interpreting this wrong. God. He said to Kenny, you know. I was wrong about Brooklyn. I didn't think Stop Brooklyn right had. I've already never heard him say that. I'm telling you. What was his first couple Monzo, of words? Wait Monzo. a second. What was his first couple I of th- words? Did he say, quote, I'm wrong? Mons, did you listen to your host interview, Ma- Kenny Atkinson? Mons on the podcast? Yeah, he's jumping out. You didn't hear a word of Mike interview, Kenny? Oh, I heard it. Okay. I was disinterested because it was the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> it's basketball. He doesn't like it. boy, Monzi. She was putting in his parlay at the, uh, the ninth race at Aqueduct, did whatever you, he was doing. Did you not take Mike almost admitting he was wrong about the Nets? I took it that way. He basically said I was wrong about I'll take your word for it. Uh, you know what? You're a waste of time. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. Come on, man. Here's Mike, Mike never says I'm sorry. Maybe Mike never the, says I'm wrong. Okay, here's what, here's what I'm couching. Never I'm will. not sure he said the quote, I'm wrong or I'm sorry. Uh-huh. But he alluded to the misreading appeal. the situation. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And for me, okay. as a net fan, that always look, Mike said on the air, and I heard it live. Guy called up and said, "Why wouldn't Kevin Durant go to Brooklyn?" Mm-hmm. And Mike said, "That's laughable. <laughs> Why would anybody go to Brooklyn? Like mm-hmm. it was just a, what the hell are you talking about?" I guess the, I think the difference with you is you were like, "Hey, Nets are a good team. They got a good situation." But here's but the difference: going to the Knicks. I mean, whatever, Mike. I mean, the difference is that I'm a true basketball fan. Like, I watch the NBA every night. Right. I mean, I immerse myself with the culture of the NBA. I'm not so sure Mike's doing that, to be to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what is. keep view. it real. I'm not sure. So, I, you know, I think when you parachute in with an opinion on a franchise that certainly perceptually, and even before these signings, is miles behind the Knicks in terms of branding, Popularity and branding. No doubt. No Absolutely. Doubt. It's easy to say that. But, you know, the other thing, too, is... Here's the thing about predictions, you know, and we, whether it's Mike, whether it's me, and I was obviously wrong on Durant, although I do assert, again, if you just tuned into the podcast, that if Durant's healthy, Durant's <laughs> So you're counting it a little well, bit. Well, well, you know, well, I'm providing <laughs> right. perspective. That's I'm fair. just giving you a different... Uh, we'll never know, so it's a good spot to be in. Hey, listen, you can't say that I'm definitively wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll lean on that for a long time. But listen, when you do what we do, 
if you are if you are if your job security and your earning power is based on predictions oh we're screwed none of us have fucking jobs <laughs> cuz we're all terrible at it you know it's some tough. of us are just okay saying it out loud i mean between now i remember coming in on air and but you know, because joe's the resident jets fan obviously joe's the man and i love joe and i was in with him when you when you were out right right and joe's the city's grandfather everybody loves joe but i i was you know so joe gets the credit i was the one who said Bowles was horrendous i sat you did i remember us talking here. about that i yeah. said that guy stinks he's terrible and joe was not really wasn't there yet but I've also I also thought Geno Smith had a chance to be good. <laughs> right. I mean, so all well, you know, Mike, Giannotti, Boomer, me, you, nationally cowherd, Stephen A. I mean, we're all wrong a zillion times. For here's what matters in our business, and for those aspiring broadcasters who are listening to this, right? Here's my public service message for the day. Yeah, you want to be right. There's an ego behind it. Of course, you want to be right. When you're right, number one, let others tell. Others that you're right. Right, right. When you're wrong, admit it and oh, yeah. own it. Unlike a lot of people in this building and this business, uh, and 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 really, you've got to entertain. Like that's what we get paid. I I did a seminar somewhat recently, and I was asked the question: What what you know? You're a broadcaster. How would you define that as a job? job like job description wise. Now my job description is: It's my job to get you to think. Like, it's my job to get you to think. Right. It's my job to get you to react. Whether it's viscerally with me or against me, I need to tap into a part of your sporting soul that gets you fired up enough to want to join the conversation and obviously keep listening. It's not about saying, well, this guy who was taken in the fourth round, who ran a 4-4 that I only read last night, uh, is going to be the surprise of the NFL. He's a he's a sleeper in your fantasy draft. I don't know. Right. Now, that's not to say that there aren't guys in the Big E's doing St. John's that I might have a better read on. Sure. You know, familiarity is a great, a great tool, a great resource to have. But, you know, listen, and you hang your, if you hang your hat on being right or being wrong in terms of predictions— you ain't going to be around well, But that you know what's funny? The beauty of sports is that we don't know. I mean, that's part of what makes it great. That yeah. we It's tough to predict. That's what's great about it. Mm-hmm. It's not. Pre- and that's what's going to be so fascinating about this NBA season. It feels as if it's as open as it's ever been. It feels and the, like well, the, there are. And the, and the odds from Vegas back up that Oh, statement. no doubt about it. It's, it's the last time it was even, I, I want to say it was nine years ago, where they had X amount of teams, and I want to say the number was seven or eight. Mm-hmm within the odds framework of whatever the odds were. I don't have them in front of me. But, yeah, absolutely validates what you just said. It's, it's wide open. And, and I think that's an exciting thing, you know, going into this season. So your expectations for the Knicks is you want to see marked improvement yep. and you want to see uh, a playoff race, maybe even the eighth seed. I'd like to see an eighth seed. And people say, well, what good? And I understand this most of the times. What good is an eighth seed? When you're gonna get whacked by the first team and get swept, I don't. I don't agree with that notion, by the way. But I do. I think it's it's team dependent. If you're a veteran team, right, mm-hmm. and you know that it's expired, like say if the Knicks were, let's just go back. I don't know, 10, 12 years ago, and you had a bunch of veterans that, you know, whatever, you know, go back before Maury, go back to like McDice, right. go back to that era, right. And all right, so where's the value of squeezing out an eight seed like we did when we played you guys? Right. The whole Fugazi thing with Tim, Tim Thomas. Yep. These transient players, you know they're gonna be gone soon. The value that that's nonsensical. That's I, when I want to be terrible and get a good draft pick. Right. Because the guys who are playing on the court are gonna be gone soon because they're not good. I, but the value for a young team 
even if you get your brains beaten and swept in the first round and thoroughly outclassed, I believe there's value that you will carry with you for your career and apply it to your offseason. It's valuable for the individual, and it's valuable for the perception of your team. We were talking about the the Nets. We're talking about the Nets. Correct. The Nets over-under coming into last year was very similar to the Knicks' current over-under coming into this year. They exceeded expectations. It was a gr- I hope it's a great experience for Jared Allen. Guy got bitched around by Joel Embiid. I hope he uh, learns he got, from that. He got punked, man. He did. He got and punked. I, and I hope he learns from that. So I think from an individual standpoint, it's valuable. From a team standpoint, this is a tough one to argue because I totally understand the, the description you have. The reason why, even with a veteran team that's going nowhere, I still want to make the playoffs. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Go ahead. Because you never know. Oh, and I, stop, stop. You always Hold know. on. Come on. I'm going to give out the, the Warriors when they beat the Mavericks, the 1-8 seed year. I mean, come on. I'm going to give you a different example. Who? Okay. So the Nets, at the end of their run, mm-hmm. the Darren Williams run, mm-hmm. they won 38 games. They made the playoffs. They sucked. Mm-hmm. Dude, they sucked. Thaddeus Young, mm-hmm. Jared, Jack, they weren't any good. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, they didn't have their pick, and you could argue, well, that's a factor, Evan. You didn't have a lottery well, pick. Well, if you don't have a pick, exactly. But, that changes everything. That's but, a big factor. Right. Okay, but here's why I was still excited for the playoffs. They were the eighth seed. They were playing the Atlanta Hawks who mm-hmm. had a great regular season. Yeah. And my attitude 60 was, wins, right? Yeah. 60-something. That's when they had the four All-Stars. Indeed. The series was tied 2-2. Game yep. five was in Atlanta. I shouldn't be excited? No, you should be. Okay. No, you that's should be. My you only should be point. at that point. That's my only yeah, point. You have to be at and that I point. And I know sure. that's tough to argue because you're 99.9% of the time right. Where are you going? Uh-huh. You're right. But still, as a fan, you dream. And if you could get the series 2-2, game five in Atlanta, I, I was thinking big things. Yeah. Like this <laughs> piece of things. crap team. What do you mean big things? Well, they what could mean? upset a one seed, and that would have mattered. Who was the one seed that Atlanta. year? I mean, Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Who, no, what I meant to say, who's, who would they have played next round? Uh, they would have eventually taken on the LeBrons. All right. So, I mean, but then, you know what? Then you get to watch LeBron. But it's something. Not that you're going to watch him anyway. You know what it is? But, it's not that I ever thought yeah. that team was winning anything. It's The playoffs are exciting. You know? It's been a while. It was a while as a Ned fan. It's been certainly a while for the Knicks. There's yeah. something to be said about that. Yeah. But with the team you have... You have a lot of guys that probably aren't on the team when you're very good. Agreed. Right? A lot of guys. And not just a veteran like Taj Gibson. That's easy to I say. I can see Portis sticking, actually. I can see Portis I carving out a role here. I could see it. I don't think Alfred Payton's on this team three years I hope from now. Not. He can't shoot. Right. I, mean, I don't know why he's on the team now. That's one I could do without. <laughs> you didn't like that move. I didn't love it. Yeah. I mean, I, he's I know not he's great. fast. I mean, but no, nah, that's, a, that's a Perry and Bobby Portis familiarity thing. Maybe on the team, mm-hmm. but there's a but decent chance he's not. Sure. Julius Randle, same thing. Even though I like the signing, yep. there's no guarantees on this team three no. years from now. No, I know. But I do think that that experience of getting there and the excitement of getting there matters. And the perception matters. I think one thing we learned through this offseason, perception of teams matter. Even though in this town, People looked at the Nets as the little brother. Nobody cares. They're irrelevant. Obviously, players didn't agree because they did have interest. And I think Tobias Harris would have been interested if they didn't go out and get Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. The perception of the Knicks to me, and we were talking about this earlier, I don't think it's that they're a circus anymore. I think they are past that, and that's great. I think their problem is they're bad, and they just have to get good. Yeah. And if they get good and they develop players, if you build it, they will come. It's a stupid cliche from one of the greatest movies of all time. It's not that stupid. But it's true. It's not that stupid. I think it applies to anything. I really do. I, I, You have to show, you know, tangible progress. I mean, you think you have to. You have to. I, I want to It's bring, like this. I'll give you an example. Yeah. It's like, you know, what was your worst What was your worst subject as a kid? Science. Okay. Mine was math. Words always, you know, came pretty naturally. Love to write. Love to read. History. Love history. I know you do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, math for me. Science for you. So... Your parents, you know, tutor comes over once a week. Once a week. 
and I don't know, back then maybe 40 bucks an hour, whatever it is. And they're doing it. They're diligent with it. And they're rolling. And they're just, and you go from a 77 to a 79. And they look at you and they're like, why am I wasting my time with this? I mean, all the time we're devoting for you to, to get better. I mean, you're showing now, maybe you don't say that to a kid. You don't want to stifle their right. enthusiasm <laughs> academically. You don't want right. to kill their morale. But the takeaway is, you know, when, when you devote, resources to something for a long time eventually you need to show not just incremental but tangible like real results and that's where we are with the knicks they've been tutored for a while now yeah you know they're ready to take a test uh, not ready to take a final right they're not ready to take a midterm you need to see growth let's take I a little pop quiz see where we're at i, I agree with let's you let's pass I'm curious to ask you this because I've noticed this a lot on Twitter, and I've had discussions with Nick. Twitter's fan really annoying me. I, I, I tell you, if I didn't do this for a living, I would just deactivate my account. Well, what a cesspool you, of nonsense you, you, and bullshit and morons! It's so, some of the people on Twitter are, are I mean, some, almost everybody's an idiot. Well, they, <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. You're funny, man. Bunch of clowns, dude. No, I, it is definitely a cesspool. Oh my god! But I do think that Twitter still has more positives than negatives. I really do. I think most people aren't stupid. I think most people aren't trolls, and most people aren't. Horrible for the conversation, believe it or not. There are some, we notice them more, but I do think overall Twitter is good. I guess I'm just, I think overall people are good, right? So maybe that's where I go with. But there are a lot of Nick fans that blame the media, that think that the media is out to get them. I you mean seen... like Joe berating poor Frank Isola? Well... Uh, by the way, what were you thinking when that was, I, I sat, brought that up with Joe the other day when I was in with him. I said, Joe, and I listen again. I, I played golf with Terry. I play, I love Joe. Right. But I told him on the air, I'm like, Joe, you were dead wrong. He was, I he heard was, it, dude. What are you doing? He was rough. What on were Frank. you doing when this is going on? I don't remember you intervening. You just left I Isola let him go. Up to dry. No, well, hold on oh, a second. You just I let Isola drown, dude. Look, sometimes. You let him drown. Sometimes. He can fit for his damn self. He doesn't me as a life preserver. You know what I got involved when Joe and Frank both said. Evan, what do you think? <laughs> Look, you know this. You do a partner show. Sometimes you let them do their no, thing. I hear you. I hear and they you. were having a great argument. Did Joe go too far? Look, Joe apologized. So I think he admitted that he yeah, went he did, too he far. Did, he did. Um, I don't know if I sold this receptive to the apology. Joe told me. I'm going to give you a no comment that, on that. Uh, well, because well, I asked Joe. And yeah. he's like, I called him. Joe said he apologized on the air. Big, big man move. You know, yep. that, that's yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. And he called him off the air, and Frank's not calling him back. Yeah, it's oh, not. Man. Right now, there's still some issues. Hopefully, wow. that'll be fixed. Come on, you got those guys know each other from best. They're going to fix the they're overnight. Gonna, they're going to figure. They got to fix that quick. No, they will. But do you think overall the media is too negative about the Knicks, or do you think they're calling it like it is? Well, my honest opinion about yeah. the Knicks media, they do nothing. They do nothing. They break no stories. Right. Every single Knicks story is broken by an outside source of New York. Um, I don't think they bring incredible perspective to the team. You know, they're, uh, I mean, I just, I just think it's average coverage. I really do. Don't I don't think it's anything think, special. I'm not defending them, but don't you think that's all basketball coverage now that most of the stories are broken by Adrian Wojnarowski or they're broken by Shams, the guy yeah, from uh, Shams. I mean, yeah, to it be feels fair, like it's not the local reporters anyway, I, I guess. But if you've been entrenched in the city for 15, 20, 30 years, break a story. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I don't. You, I don't understand that. You do you because then how could I take your tweet serious about what the team's thinking? Do you think that t- the overall coverage is too negative? No, I don't think that. Okay, I think it's it's in line with what the Knicks have earned. I'll, I'll certainly give them a reprieve there. I don't think it's first of all, it's not their job to create a narrative that's that's false. The narrative around the Knicks is one that's well earned. They up until the last year they were completely dysfunctional and horrendous. Yeah. 
and without clue. And I don't uh, to communicate that to the, the readership, the audience, the fan base any differently would be a disservice to the journalism craft. So no, no, I have no problem with okay. that. And by the way, I read all the. I just I wish they'd break a story. They, you know, because it really think about this. If you know, if there's a barrage of tweets about you know what the Knicks are thinking, here's what the Knicks. But you never break the story. How can I always believe that you know what the Knicks are really thinking? Yeah. What you just tweeted about. It doesn't seem consistent. I, I see what you're saying, yeah. It just doesn't seem I, consistent. I just I think that that it feels like, and I'm not in every town to know this, but it feels as if that's NBA breaking news now that it's not broken by local reporters just in general. That it has become this nationalized thing where Adrian Wojnarowski is the guy. And How he does is, he do it? I have no idea. I always wonder, like, does he act? Because some of these stories are broken so late. Think about when you get home. You've got a little guy. How old is he now? Two? Two and a half. Uh, how's three. it going, by the way? Oh, it's going great. It's the best, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's the best, man. No doubt. Yep. You thinking about number two at some oh, point? Yeah. Right, Definitely going to have a number two at some Okay, point. so that means you guys are trying. All right, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm so, not saying I, I hear you, nor should you. But think about when you get home. <laughs> right. You yap for three hours. Maybe you do a fourth hour. You know, Mike's long or the TM, whatever. You just do a little longer show. You're tired. And then you got to, you know, talk to your wife. You got to eat dinner. You got to watch a little TV, watch your meds, do your work. You know, but imagine then at like two nineteen breaking a fucking story. I'd be like, listen, I don't care enough to even break that story. You know what my theory is? He's got a staff of guys working for him. No way. No, you think I it's I just him? I don't believe that. You think he's getting all that, that information at all hours of the night? I don't believe that because if that's the case, then why would they why would they sign up for that anonymous existence and get no credit? Well, you get paid. I well, mean, they get you, paid, but nobody knows who the hell they are. Yeah, but you know what? You have an anonymous anonymous existence in a lot of things in life. If you're a writer for The Daily Show, right, you don't get the same publicity. But you sign up for that. Right. That's what you willingly yeah, sign up. Well, it could I guess be something you would, similar. like you're being held captive. Look, I don't know if that's for sure. But uh, you there's do, no way. You do bring up a great point that Woj, most of his stories are broken at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It feels that way. And I always wonder. I'm like, does somebody call them and say, hey, Woj, here's what's going on. Yes. I mean, it's got to be. There's no way he's it's making amazing. random calls at 219. Hey, Lakers. What are you thinking? Hey, Pelicans, what are right. you thinking? Hey, hey, you know, Thunder, what are you thinking? Yeah. Hey, there's no way anybody can humanly agents, do that without dying. Agents want to let information out there, well, and they go by him. And they go by him. He's the most confident. Yeah. And you got to be smart. Now, Woj is, is too embedded in, in the, you know, in the, uh, in the field to, to get played necessarily. Right. Uh, but that's a real detriment to young reporters because – there's always an agenda. Yeah. I mean, there's always an agenda. Let me feed, let me get this out there, drum up some interest for my client. He'll write this. He's right. he's a dope. He's a young kid. He doesn't know. He'll write this, make it seem like I'm giving him something. You might give him something that's partly real and just enough to string him along. Then you give him the, the you hit him with the fake one. He buys it all, hook, line, and sinker. Boom. Story's out. Click, click. Couple of quick questions. Will Kevin Durant play in 2019, 2020? Uh, no. Not at all. No. Nets are going to hold him out. How many wins will the Nets have this year? Minus Kevin Durant. And the over-under is 46 and a half, I think. Right I saw. around there. They won 42 uh, last year. I'm going to go over. I'm going to say that the Nets, not significantly over, south of 50. South of 50. Durant. I think the Nets will be about a 48-win team. Will I go to a parade in the next three years? On Flatbush. Yeah, I mean, oh, uh, Flatbush. <laughs> what parade do you think uh, I was referring to? A Yankee parade? Yeah. Well, maybe. Candy uh, the Heroes. Here we you know go. You know what? Da, da, I may mean, bet that. Hey, there's Evan. He's a Yankee fan now. Uh, Never. On Flatbush Avenue, God. The fact that you even said that, that's basically where I grew up. I mean, Flatbush Avenue is Marine Park. Is You know Kings Plaza? Yeah. So that, that Flatbush Avenue runs down basically from, you know, if you, if you come from Rockaway, 
and you're coming from Breezy Point, Rockway, go over the Marine Park Bridge, and if, if you're going um, where where Kings Plaza will be on your right, and you're in your car or on a bus, and you take Flatbush all the way down to like Brooklyn College, the Junction. Right. That's where I, I played at all those gyms. That's my and for the Nets, the Nets. <laughs> if the Nets ever they, had a parade on Flatbush, me. man, you, you that were, would hurt me, dude. I'm the, not gonna lie to the you. The reason I ask you is because when we did the initial podcast, the you answer said, is no. You're not gonna win a championship. Okay, because you thought Kyrie and Kevin Durant were gonna deliver a Knicks a title. You were 60 plus wins. Now Durant had a big injury, and that's mm-hmm. a factor. So I'm not that's, holding that's you. That's a huge factor. But the Nets also have a better roster than the Knicks. Yeah, around yeah, what would have been around uh, the Knicks roster. That's fair. That's fair. So there will not be. But an you don't know. By the way, you don't know what. Supporting pieces would have come with Durant. I don't and Kyrie. I don't think it would have been as good as Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris. But no, I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree know. with that. That's fair. So the Nets will not win an NBA title in the Kevin Durant era. No. Okay. No. Uh, will the Knicks make the playoffs this year? I'll say no. I'll say no, but I'll say that they're in the mix. Thirty-six wins. Uh, is that a good number? What is their? I think their number is thirty. What would they actually? That's something I might bet. Do you know their over-under last year was like 29? It was high That's last ridiculous, year. ridiculous, I know. I knew it was south of 30, but I knew it was high 20s. Will the Knicks be a playoff team? I do not believe they will be. Uh, obviously, I'm on record. Well over an hour conversation that I think they'll be in the mix. Okay. And at that point, anything can happen. You can make a trade. You don't know. But I think it's going to be a competitive season, and it's going to be one of growth for the Knicks, and this, it's about time. This is my favorite question to ask because this would have been an easier answer the last few years. What's the NBA Finals this year? Yeah. <laughs> What is the NBA Finals this year? Here's the thing. From a betting point of view, and I was telling Tiki this the other day, you have to, you know, the value, you have to really look at value. Okay. You know, what, what, what a bet's going to win you back. So, you know, all those years, I'm not a big future prop bet guy, uh, but obviously I know a lot about it. So, like, to bet the Warriors last year, the year before, never the favorites, it. one injury can change everything, sure. as, as we saw. So, yeah. if you're laying out, oh, I don't know, just throwing out a number, minus 380, for, if the, for the Warriors to win, maybe even been more, that means you got to lay out $380 to win 100 It's a terrible bet. It's not a prudent move on no, my, in, in the way I look at it. Right. There's no value there. So the value now lies in picking a team to emerge from the East. Because think about this. Do I think the Clippers will be better than all the teams in the in the East? I do, although Milwaukee's interesting, and we'll keep an eye on the Sixers and, you know, some other team. What but they got to get through the war. That's the thing. Absolutely. So you have to – it's strength in numbers. And you've got to look at the numbers in the West, and there's at least three teams, maybe a fourth team, but Denver adds a piece. Uh, if the Blazers do something midseason, you never know. I mean, so there's four, maybe even five teams that – theoretically have a puncher's chance. I want to see what happens when Clay Thompson comes back. The Warriors, you can't rule them out if he comes back healthy. Probably be back in February. Whereas the East, there's really probably only two true heavyweights Milwaukee, right now. Philadelphia. And, Phil- and everybody else. And the Nets are good, and the Pacers are interesting. You know why and the Nets are a great that's value That's why bet? you bet the team in the East. You know why the Nets are the answer to your question? Not that I think they're going to win anything, by the way, mm-hmm. but the, to the value is the Durant factor. That they are being treated like a team that doesn't have Kevin Durant. Rightfully so. You don't think the Vegas has factored that in? They factor in everything. They're at 25 to 1. Yep. I think it would be better if they thought there was a real chance of an elite player, even yeah. at eighty percent of yeah. Kevin Durant coming yeah. back. Like right now they're like Nets, eighteen to one, something yeah. like that. Nah, so right. I'm not saying they're gonna do it. I'm not trying to homeristically go crazy here. I'm just saying if you believe and you don't that he's gonna come back, but if you think he could come back, 
then 25 to 1 is a great number. Well, let me put it this way. Even if I knew he was coming back, I wouldn't lay a red fucking cent on your team. <laughs> no, How's I that sound? That. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, so give me give me a finals. Where are you going? Milwaukee oh, Clippers? Uh, <clears throat> give me an see. answer. I, I forgot. I forgot the question. We sorry. were talking about 20 minutes. <laughs> Diversions, distractions. It's all good. The final will be. I'll tell you this. I do like the supporting cast of the Clippers better than the Lakers. More grit, more tenacious, Agreed. more defenders, more versatility, more um, positional interchangeable parts. So I'm going to say the Clippers, and I'm going to say the Clippers or the Bucks. Um, you know, Giannis still can't shoot. You lost Brogdon. Middleton was small in a lot of Boy, games East there. Is so wide I'm open, I'm going to say Philly. Yeah. I'm going to say Philly. And, and Philly scares me, too. What's that? Philly scares me, too. I don't love Philly because they need another shooter. Like, if Reddick was still there, not that Reddick's great, but right. Reddick is That's a big factor. For they that don't team. have a lot of shooters on that no, team. No, they don't. And I worry about Embiid's health and his, you know, he doesn't take care of his body. Nah. That's going to start to affect him as I time know. goes on. Oh, I know. And Ben Simmons is never developing a jump shot. I never. don't think that's ever going to happen. He got his max contract. Now he's happy. I know. The East feels so, and I guess that's what excites me. That's what gets me all, you know, hot and bothered. Yeah, like, you should be. You should be excited. The East is so blind. You should be excited, man. You know, again, the, uh, this, we're not going to waste time on the Pacers, but Pacers are a team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if I'd want to play them in April. It'd be tough. When all the depots back, yep. quads healed, they're fully ready to roll. I mean, they're, they're okay. What oh, by you? the way, I left out the Utah Jazz. Yeah, Utah's they're bad. good. That's a good value Utah's one, too. Utah's good. Well, what do you think Kevin Durant's going to do when the Nets win an NBA title without him? You think that's going to be devastating? <laughs> Boy, that's, just, that's just another chapter of the most complex <laughs> legacy that? in the history of the NBA. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, my God. All right, bro. I but, appreciate it. By the way, it. I hope I, I, I love as much as I love the Knicks, I love great basketball. Yes. You know, for you, and, you know, I don't know if you – I tweeted. I don't know if you saw it. Actually, I sent you a little congratulatory tweet. I saw on, that. I didn't, didn't respond. respond. I did not head. respond. Why not, you clown? I was going to respond too big. No, I was going to respond weeks on our ago. podcast. What if I said I don't want to come on your podcast? <laughs> you were going to say yes. How you you know, know how I knew – because, because you want to talk about this. You love basketball. You love mixing it up, as you say. Of course you're going to come. Here's why I didn't. What? Because I didn't actually see it until like five days later, and I thought it was weird for me to respond so late to something. That was, that was actually That's the reason. It wasn't, it wasn't sent out with the purpose of getting a retweet or, 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 or a But that was genuinely the reason because sometimes – like I, I it. You're a great Nets fan. I appreciate that. Sometimes I don't check Twitter consistently, and if I see something like three or four days late, I feel very awkward responding to it because it's I like gotcha. that thing happened four days ago. I yeah. hear you, man. But that's the actual answer. It's to all that. good. It's all good. But I do appreciate that. I mean that. So, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. And you know, and I heard you ask Sean Marks this, and you asked me as well. Does he come back this year? I still say no. But you know, the skill set. He's not necessarily a burst guy. He's not a go over you kind of a guy. You know, he gets to his spot and he rises up and he flips he's... a jumper in your mug, feathery. And you know, I mean, would it? Would I bet against him not playing this year? I wouldn't bet against him coming back the final seven, eight game. You never know. I mean, it's a long time from now. It I, is. I get it. It is. And he doesn't have Boogie Cousins' body, thank God. Yeah. Uh, he's just, you know, very wiry, strong. And they put him on a minutes limit. They would not put him out there for 30 minutes. If he came back, he played 20 minutes. Well, here's the thing, and Mark said it. Whatever decision, it's 100% KD. Yes. It, they have zero power in that. Yeah. KD says, I want to come back and play. KD's coming back and yeah. playing. 
if if the Nets, even if he's medically cleared, but he doesn't trust his body yet, and the Nets are like, hey, Kev, you know, listen, we're good. I'm not playing, then he's not playing. Yeah, no, no there question. There will be no nudging, no public nudging, whatever Durant wants, Durant's going to get. You talk, one of the things I'm so jealous about with the Knicks is the electricity at the Garden is amazing. Mm-hmm. You talked about, you know, the uh, taking the headphones off and hearing the crowd, and what's been tough as a Net fan all these years is it's a joke how quiet that arena's yeah. been. I don't love Barclays. But to be fair... The four games I've done, St. John's, it's sterile. There's it's no, a, it, there's no, yeah, cra- oh, there's no a, crowd though. So well, that's, that's, a, that's not, a, that's a that's not against Barclays. That's really against the, St. John's. Just not being this season. You know. I didn't know what to expect when they made the playoffs because this was a very organic team. It was it fit Brooklyn more than bringing in Darren Williams and Joe Johnson. Oh, the building found its soul. This the building this, yeah, found its soul. Yeah, no doubt. Right, and it was amazing yeah. to me. And what I keep dreaming about, envisioning, mm-hmm. is. Should be electric this year. They should draw very well. But Kevin Durant's net debut oh, coming in a playoff it'd game. It would be incredible. Coming in a playoff game. Oh, game geez. one, first round. I Nets, mean, Knicks, you got the forward. eight <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Oh, my God. How about this? You know, if he doesn't come back this year, how about the schedule gods throws a little bone and it's Knicks-Nets opening night 2020? You know why I don't like that? Why? I don't like playing the Knicks on opening night. You don't and maybe, lose? Well, no, I'm not afraid of losing. I'm afraid of your your people being in my building. <laughs> Look, opening night. No, we'll this do it at the year. Garden. Oh, that I'm okay with that. I, I like this year. Nets Knicks home opener was at Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah. And I hated it because you guys have a lot of fans. I, I don't want you. to inv- inv- infesting my arena on opening you. night. That would drive me nuts. That's like you know when. All the years when UConn would just come and infiltrate the Garden. Yeah, I mean, or Syracuse. I'm like, Ugh. I am curious. Give me how, some red. I'm curious how different, if at all, it will be this year. There'll still be Nick fans there, but is it going to be held off to where it's 80-20 Nets as opposed to well, 50-50? I think what you'll start the the fringe Net fans have been further empowered by the decision sure. and the actions, the the course of actions this summer. And I think residually, as those seeds are planted, you know, when the Nets came to Brooklyn a couple of years ago, if you were five. Now, all of a sudden, you're 10. Yeah, no, absolutely. And now you're like, full throat, let's go. That's why I think So, yeah, the, it's, it, it, I think each year, to answer your question, I think each year it gets a little bit more and more and more the Nets No home. doubt. I think in 25 years from now, when you've got kids who grew up in Brooklyn, yeah. all they know are the Brooklyn I Nets, one of them. they'll have a – Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. It's I a, think about that. Yeah. And I can't give you an answer. I can sit here and, you know, still say, nah, Bernard King was the first Nick. I I mean, I I think that that would have been the case, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If you're five years old and you're growing up in Brooklyn and there's a team in your backyard, I don't even give a crap how bad they are. It's tough to say that wouldn't have been your team. Isn't that what basically happened to Kyrie Irving? The kid grew up in New Jersey. His dad was a Nick fan. Yeah. Well, uh, which made sense. He's growing up in New Jersey. Nets happen to be good, which helped. You know, they're going to the NBA Finals. So I do think, and that's why the... The growth of the net fan base, it's not going to happen overnight, even by signing Kevin Durant. You'll get the frauds, but it's about those seeds you mentioned no and question. growing the people oh, and growing yeah. the kids. I mean, it's like buying a stock or a yeah. 529 fund for your kids yep. for college. And, you know, if you put in X amount uh, the day they're born or a couple of – actually, that you need a Social Security number before they actually do that. So maybe six months into their into their life, you put in $1,000, whatever. doesn't seem like a lot, especially considering how much college costs. You look up 18 years later if you, you know, pop it in each month. And, by the way, oh, you should be doing this because you look up <laughs> no, and, the, and the money just piles up. Thank I'm God. aware. Yeah. Um, you know, then then you have the, the the fruits of your labor, so to speak, over a 15, 18, 20 year period. And I don't think it's any different from fandom. You know, if, if you've got a we we laid sod in the backyard, right? So we we because we, when we built our home, there was just dirt in the back. And part right. of the contract is you actually have to sod the back yourself. And it's a big process, man. I mean, they gotta put a sprinkler system in. It, it's it's crazy. 
And when they first lay the sod, you can't really walk on it. It looks beautiful in a picture, but it hasn't hasn't rooted yet. Hasn't the roots right. it just haven't, you know, connected like Velcro. And you know what? Now we're running around and now there's roots. And just like when you bring a team to a borough for the first time, you get some fringe fans, you get curiosity. Hey, let's go to Brooklyn, hey, go to the bar, and hey, why not? And that's right. I'll, I'll go to the game, sure. Then all of a sudden you do it for three, four, five, six years, and then all of a sudden players start coming here. You're like, yo, this is my team. Yeah. And it's it's rooted. And no doubt. You Thank know? you, BT. I appreciate it. Congratulations, buddy. Brandon Tierney, a special edition of the Evan it's Roberts a long podcast. One, man. This was, a, I mean, this was it's close to a record. I don't know if it is. I'll have to check the oh, record. Who's the record? I don't even know. Probably something about pro wrestling, believe it or not. <laughs> Throw something. I got give me five minutes on wrestling. Let's go. You even, old school. Oh, old don't waste school. my time with the new stuff. Uh when did you stop watching wrestling? I stopped re- watching wrestling when I started looking at girls. <laughs> You know you could do both at the same time. Well, not at the same time. But you could do both. <laughs> well, you could watch Glow back then. Then oh. you're watching girls and you're watching wrestling. By the way, they came out yeah, with an HBO I show, I think. I know, I know. It was very good. I watched it. I, I'm sure you did. I know it. I saw it. Listen, wrestling to me was, and it's funny because what I do for a living, that, you know, I was never, again, Ricky Steamboat, one of the best technical wrestlers oh, yeah. of all time. Him and Savage, WrestleMania three, one of the great matches uh, of all time. Yes, no question. Such yeah. great tech, you know, technicians and true athletes. But I love the Mike guys. You know, Roddy Piper. I love the guys who could grab the stick. Jesse the Body Ventura. Jake the Snake Roberts, oh. who was dark but brilliant with the microphone. That's what – even Hulk, who was horrendous in the ring. Right. I mean, Hulk with a mic was, you know, you want to rip yeah. your shirt off. <laughs> hey, you really – yeah, you do. I, I don't know how you are. When I go to sleep at night, my wife's passed out. Oh, I need God. to put something on to put me to sleep. You know, it's funny. I used to fall asleep to the fan uh, I did that when, I was, when I was a kid. <laughs> me too. And I yeah. don't do that now. But I, I do fall asleep with the TV. I mean, obviously, I don't do that now. But I do fall asleep with the TV on. I need some sort of distraction. I, I'm exactly the same way. And the thing I've been doing recently is I put the WWE Network on, and mm-hmm. I just put something old on. So something that you probably sure, watch or sure. relate to. Throw some names at. I'll so, tell you what era. No, but I, I put on, there was a special event called Tuesday Night in Texas back in 1991. So I don't know if you're out of it at this point. I had just checked out. Okay. This is when the Ultimate Warriors popping. He was a cornball. May he rest yeah, in peace. I don't, I don't mean that. No, I'm with you. I, I just couldn't get behind that so act. There was he a, was a horrendous wrestler. There was a big was feud between Jake Roberts and the Macho Man. Oh, Randy I remember Savage. that. I do remember that. All right, Jake, that was a great one. Jake had his snake bite Macho oh, Man. Oh yeah, and all he, that when stuff. Macho was wrapped up in the ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I remember that. Yeah. Jake had a promo at Tuesday Night in Texas oh, where he, he talked best. about how sweet it felt to hit Elizabeth, oh, and I'm yes. like. Holy crap, this is so dark. And I know. they could not air this in nah, 2019. Now, nah, he was a real dark dude. Oh, my Drunk God. Issues. Yeah, but the promo itself for something that was being pitched to kids. Mm-hmm. Man, at this point, when I was watching, I was eight. Yeah. Now I'm watching it now at 36. I look back on it. It was one of the darkest freaking promos I've ever seen. Yeah. It yeah. was unbelievable. But he was, he was good with Did the you, mic. He, no, he was great mackerel. because he, even his voice it was raspy. It was yeah. low. It was like ominous. It was threatening, but not in a bombastic way. Yeah. Like Macho Man would yell at you. Hulk would yell at you. Roddy Piper, I mean, Roddy Piper was that. Roddy could yell. Roddy could go slow. He was just chewing his gum like a psychopath. Right. I miss Roddy. Roddy Piper's my all-time yeah, favorite. He was, he was tremendous. Was the ba- Piper's Pit, you know how that started. They basically just said they, would get, they gave him a month audition, right? And this is before he hit Jimmy Snooker over the head. We're right. really with the coconut. Off. With the yeah. coconut. Remember Frank Williams? That was no. the first guest on the pipe on oh, Piper's okay. Pit. And Frank Williams, he, I mean, it doesn't sound like a Spanish name, but he was Spanish. And he's like, uh, my name is the Frankie Williams. And Roddy and, and Piper has no script. He has no idea what he's gonna do. Right. And Vince McMahon and company said, We're gonna give you a month. If this gets a little traction, we'll extend it another six months, whatever. 
So long story short, Frankie Williams goes, uh, it's got a little heat or whatever. And Piper's just going off the cuff, just making stuff up. And he says, where are you from? He goes, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio? Sound like you're from Spain, like as I paraphrase. So this thing goes off the rails. Roddy Piper smacks the shit out of him, just (laughs) abuses him, right? right? And the crazy part is that one of the microphone, the uh, the overhead mic, was knocked off its perch. So the secondary microphone, and this is on YouTube, picked this up where it was barely audible. He goes, just when, and then and then Frankie Williams comes back, and, and, and Roddy just hammers him, take, get out of here. I literally yeah. kicked him, punched him. I, it was pretty hard. Roddy looks in the camera, and this part, you, he goes, just when they think they have the answers, I change the questions. <laughs> and the microphone almost wasn't able to pick that oh, up. Man. The brilliance of that line, oh, to yeah. not know what's going to happen in a four-minute segment, you've never done this before. you got some guy who's actually mad at you. Yeah. You beat the shit out of him. <laughs> right. And now all of a sudden the microphone's broken, and some they're like, you got to go to break, you got to go to break. And to come up with the line just when they think they have the answers, I change the questions. He was brilliant. Think about the depth of that statement. And it's Awesome. The, the biggest problem with wrestling today is that it's too scripted. That every I can't watch promo, this shit today. I can't watch. Well, this it's a different saying. animal. It's, it's a completely different world. But everything is so overly scripted. And even as late as the late '90s, when you're way out of it, uh-huh. it wasn't scripted. Give and me a couple promos, names. You're talking about what? Hard? Well, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I was Rock. watching at that point. But those. But that was another height of wrestling. Popularity. Yeah, no, I, I do know. I know that it had this like second push for uh-huh. teenagers. It was uh-huh. a different. It was pitching to a different group. No question. But the guys were more not. They were cutting their own promos. Yeah. Roddy Piper was cutting his own freaking promo. Nowadays, it's. I mean, they're literally like they're their actors. It's they're just terrible. reading the script. It, it's so, and yeah. the guys who were bad at promos, they were bad. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and some of these guys were re- like, Paul Norndorf was jacked. Yeah. He was good in the ring, but he just really wasn't an interesting promo. We couldn't right. cut anything interesting. He could never connect to your soul. You need that mix. No, you need, you that, need mix. that. I'll tell you who was good was Morocco. That's a, that's a real old one. Don Morocco, Don Morocco from the 80s. The original oh, rock. Exactly. That's why they took away Backlund's belt after five and a half years. I mean, whatever it was. Bob Backlund. Had you know, I that's really the first champion. I my grandmother used to watch it, right. and Bob Backlund was just so boring. Like yeah. he had the chicken wing, he had Arnold Skolin. There right. was no pizzazz, no. It was truly wrestling. Right, and they're like, guy, right, we we gotta we gotta glamour this up. This is whack. And do then you, they brought the Sheik in, and the you know, he kind of clutched them. Do you know them. what they did with Bob Backlund about twelve years later? They brought was, him back. They brought him I back know. as a deranged heel. I saw that on YouTube. He was. Well, I mean, he is a little deranged. He was, he's, a little, yeah. he's a little off. Yeah, but he was actually an all-state wrestler. Like his wrestling right. acumen and True aptitude yeah. is f- superb. Yeah, you talk to any re- like you know how they do the shoots where they will have uh, on YouTube. You'll find um, who, uh, the honky tonk man does this a lot, where he'll shoot on um, you know various uh, you know various rivalries and really give you the truth about certain people. Right. It's just like it could be a thirty yeah. minute conversation, and he whenever this comes up, invariably, like, who who is the best conditioned athlete of all time? You get a lot of Bob Backlund. Yeah, no, he was great. We got to run. Thank you, BT. I appreciate it. See you later. Thank you. Brandon Tierney, ladies and gentlemen.